Welcome to the Massage Hodge podcast. My name is Nick Paterka, a licensed massage therapist in Portland, Oregon. I am joined today by Joyce Gothier, who is going to talk to us about massage therapy in the state of New York, but she's also on a sailboat up and down the Eastern seaboard and perhaps all over. It's all very interesting. We're gonna learn uh, some very interesting things today. Uh, Joyce, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Nick. Yeah. So um, uh, I alluded to this. So the bulk of your experience has been in New York and you're right there. And you, but you now live on a sailboat and you sometimes dock and work on clients when you can. And that sounds all very interesting. So I thought maybe you could give us a little origin story about how you got into massage originally and how you practiced in New York and then how you ended up on a sailboat. Sure. I uh, I started school in 2008 in upstate New York. Um, You know, New York has two different very worlds, right? We've got New York City and we've got the rest of the state. So I am from uh, originally central New York and then my entire massage career happened in the capital region. So around Albany, New York. And I started school in 2008. It took me two years to get through school part time. And then I became licensed in 2010 and I hit the ground running and I opened up my own business immediately. So in my experience as a massage therapist, I have worked for other people this much, very little. So it has happened, but not a lot. Uh, So I worked out of a chiropractor's office. I had a practice for seven years and it became very successful. And over the course of that time, my husband and I started to take a a really deep look at our lives and what we wanted our futures to look like. And my father was very ill with cancer at that time. And I saw my father, you know, pass away and never get to retire. He Mm. worked up until pretty much the day he died, driving himself from work to chemo treatment. Mm. Um, And that had a huge effect on my husband and I. So we started saving. We, we, well, we got out of debt first and then we saved up feverishly for about four or five years. Um, we really took about 80% of what we made. He was working for UPS and we saved it. We sold our house. We moved in with my mother-in-law for a year and a half and we saved and saved and saved. And then we lived on, we've, we moved on to a sailboat. So for the last three years, we've been living on a sailboat. We work when we can. And we play when we can. And there's a lot more play than work right now. We're living off of savings. And um, so I'm, I'm licensed from New York originally. I've picked up my license in North Carolina along the way because we like to spend a lot of time in North Carolina. That's where I am right now at our, at our marina. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just pick up massage work in New York and North Carolina when I can. And the rest of the time, we're hanging out on the boat on the East Coast or in the Bahamas. Wow. Incredible. Now, that sounds amazing, but I have a caveat that it is not <laughs> for me because I get so seasick. <laughs> oh, then don't do it. <laughs> maybe life on a boat. Maybe eventually it would, I would be okay. But uh, I took a cruise one time in my life, and I, I know cruises are a lot different, but I vowed never to do another one. So. Um, oh wow yeah so this is a lot smaller boat than a cruise ship yeah (laughs) you must just be so at home on the on the on the movement of the water and comforting yeah yeah i've had the best sleep in my life and the worst sleep of my life in the on the boat (laughs) yeah 
Well, I guess, I mean, I would say, well, I'd probably have the, have the worst sleep of my life on a boat. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a cruise ship that was, became so choppy that the crew actually had a problem. And the crew is like, you know, oh, no. really, so it was really, it was really rough. That was in the Bahamas years ago. Oh my. Yeah. Caribbean, oh, wow. Caribbean, yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know what. Wow. All right. So if you could um, give us a little understanding of what it takes to become licensed in New York, and my understanding it is it is one of the more rigorous states um, to become licensed and to maintain a license there. That's correct. And New York likes to do its own thing. So you can't take any sort of national, you know, you can't take the Amblex, none of that stuff. It doesn't work for New York State. Okay. So it's over 1,000 hours of education. There's full-time programs, there's part-time programs, and there's also programs at colleges in New York State. Um, it's over 1,000 hours. It's over 150 hours of hands-on time. So that's clinic. That's your Swedish class. And something that I think is different in New York State from other states is there's a lot of shiatsu. Oh, wow. A ton of shiatsu. A ton. It's a, a very large part of the New York State licensing exam as well. How do you so, account for that? That's really interesting. Yeah. Let me, let me look at it right here. I can see how many hours of shiatsu you're supposed to have. I guess I meant less about the hours and more about like, where did that come from? Like, why do they focus? I mean, uh, are they teaching like the full long form shiatsu? Like, yeah, yeah. You're, oh. you have just as much Swedish. They call it the foundations of massage class at my school. So that's your Swedish class. It's the mm -hmm. same amount of time as you spend in your shiatsu class. So oh. in your Swedish class, you know, at, People are on the table, they teach you all the different strokes, and you learn different hands-on techniques, you learn all the different shiatsu points, which are the same as acupuncture points. Mm -hmm. um, so then, and then you also are taking Western pathology, and you're taking Eastern pathology. So you learn yeah. if someone comes in, how to look at their tongue, how to palpate, how to feel where there's different different types of energy movement within the body and how to, I mean, we can't diagnose, but how to, how to be able to assess the body from an Eastern standpoint and a Western standpoint. And it's, and it's very even in, yeah. um, in New York. So I think it's just two, two different ways of looking at the body and, yeah. um, and, and massage therapists can choose it, which path they want to take. And actually well. sounds like a really Not everybody's stuck with Swedish. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, even though I did go more of a, a Western route with my practice, I had a medical massage practice, so it was very, you know, very Western, that I incorporated a lot of the Eastern ideas. You know, if someone comes in with a headache, I'm going to show them the, the uh, shiatsu point for head pain. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. And it, I just feel like it's another layer of the body and it's, it's another way to incorporate our skills that's going to be suitable for every type of client, every different mindset that people yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. I did a uh, continuing education uh, in Shiatsu uh, last summer that was just short form for the back. 
And I, okay. didn't, it didn't inspire me to, to become a shiatsu therapist, but I did take away a lot of great things. It was really nice. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Extremely interesting. And we even had, um, a gentleman who practices acupuncture and he came in and he taught our Eastern pathology class. Mm. So he was teaching us Qigong. He took, um, he showed us an entire acupuncture treatment on one of the students that happened to be me, which was really cool. Um, and, and he, he brought us into basically his type of practice, his way of, of practicing. And it was, it was a really, it's, New York is a really special state, I feel like, to become a massage therapist and get a yeah. lot of different tastes of a lot of different things. Yeah, that's neat. Do you yeah. feel, do you have any strong feelings about there, whether or not there should be a national standard in terms of education and testing and licensure? Do you think that that would elevate the industry? Is it, is it just too unrealistic to even bother pursuing? Is it? Uh, well, with my lifestyle where I'm traveling everywhere, yeah, that would be phenomenal. You love because, it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have a national test that's recognized in a crapload of states. Yeah, but the you still have to get licensed. You still have to get licensed in every single state, even if right. you take the MBLEX. You still have to do the background checks and do the paperwork and send them in your, you know, grades and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. If there was a way for it to be nationally recognized, absolutely. But I just feel like the way that our country is run with with licensing, I mean, it's going to be the same if you're a pharmacist, if you're a nurse, right. you have to, it's yeah. different in every state. Um, so I think it's unrealistic. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and I do feel like because there's different places in our country that offer such vastly different education opportunities, us as massage therapists, if you want to move, you can think about what kind of education you want. If you're going to be pursuing a massage therapy career, you can say, oh, I want to go to New York. I want a ton of education or I'll go to Vermont. I can take a weekend class and hang my shingle and start my practice because it's so different in every state. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Vermont one of those states? Yeah. Yeah. Right next to New York, where New York is probably one of the strictest. Vermont requires no, no license. Nothing. Any, any person off the street could become a massage therapist tomorrow. As far as I know, wow. maybe you'll find someone from Vermont to interview and they may prove me wrong, but that was the impression yeah. I was under. Yeah. I think there's four or five States that have no license. I suspect that that's still not because like from a trying to promote yourself, it would be pretty hard to like develop a client base being like, no, I didn't go to school. I just, I just decided I could. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not well, who I'm going to go massage see. massage therapists out there when they're marketing themselves really play up how much education they have. I, yeah. think, I think it's something that people underplay a lot. It's, it's such a strong point in marketing that people should be utilizing and they're, they're downplaying it or not right. talking about it at all. Yeah. So you you mentioned that you're you're on you're on your boat and you're in North Carolina right now. Uh, we are right. all, we are all is April of 2020. We're all in the midst of this pandemic and we're all staying at home. And um, massage therapy, I, I believe, everywhere in the country is now closed or mandated to be closed. Or I don't I, maybe that's not true of every state yet. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yes, in some states it is looked at as essential. 
Okay. Yes. Some states it is essential. So it is allowed in some places. Interesting. But I can't name. I haven't, yeah, I haven't, can't found, name where. haven't found where it's considered essential. So yeah. Well, I, maybe I'll end up talking to someone there. I assume I will. So how are you spending your time? <laughs> what are you thinking about uh, during this, during the, this shutdown and how are you connecting with clients? Any, anything you'd like to share about how you're occupying yourself? Well, when I moved onto the boat, I did take about a year off completely from any kind of massage stuff. I was just, I worked my, my buns off to get to the point where I could save up enough money to quit. So I did take a year off. And then my second year in, I started an online community with massage therapists and I named it the Sailing Massage Therapist. Mm. So I started a group in Facebook you know, I wasn't monetizing it anyway. I was just connecting and I was hoping to um, start teaching continuing education classes. Mm. So that's kind of why I tried to start building this community was to, to sell classes. And also I was feeling, I'm a, I'm, I'm a total extrovert. And I was like, I was really missing being in contact with people. Um, yeah. So I did that. And I ended up building a really nice community online. Um, and I do teach every fall in upstate New York and I'm trying to get some online classes going as well. And through that, I've, when, when this whole, like when this whole thing happened with COVID, my whole group shifted because everybody lost their job. Right. And I've been racking my brain for the last you know, month and a half, two months of how can I help these people? You know, I've, I'm so, I'm so fortunate that I'm living off of savings right now. And I want that for all massage therapists, for them mm -hmm. to say, I can take a couple months off and not be destitute. So I've been using the group to be supportive and try to give as much good information as I can. And try to stay out of the drama of it all of are we essential are we not mm -hmm. you know should we be practicing do we need to be wearing masks what happened you know like i'm trying to trying to support massage therapists that are struggling right now because yeah. the other groups can do that you know right. they, that they've got that junk covered um so that's really what i've been working on and working on classes that I can offer for continuing education for online. Um, because I, I think that I have a lot of really great ideas when it comes to business. And I've also been working on respect massage, which is, um, the campaign that I launched last fall to try and deter, deter sexual solicitors from, from soliciting massage therapists, from soliciting legitimate massage therapists right. um, because that was something that was really, it was really coming up in my group a lot. And we see it all over the Facebook groups where there's um, massage therapists that are encountered with a situation and they let it go too far. Or they don't know what to do or they feel bad or they feel guilty or they feel like they're responsible for someone sexually soliciting them, which mm. for me as an outsider looking in, it's like, it's not your fault and there's no reason for you to let it go that far. So I wanted to start um, a campaign that supports massage therapists that lets us talk about 
what these sexual solicitations are, what they look like, how to prevent them, how to get out of a bad situation, how to keep massage therapists safe, because it's such an awful part of our industry, and it doesn't need to be. We yeah. all got into massage therapy to help people, not to be, you know, joked about or put in dangerous situations because of our career choice. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on. I've been very busy. Yeah. So, since you brought <laughs> it up, all that stuff. a couple things about, about your, about the campaign. Um, what do you think it is about massage therapy that makes otherwise perfectly reasonable, respectful, responsible friends and family, people that like actually know, and this, speaking from my own experience, what is it about it that it makes them feel like the happy ending joke is still funny? Like it used to bother, I'll, I'll, I'll get your response <laughs> I to that. I know. Because they're not they're um, ignorant people, but like, it, there's there's some level of discomfort about like they don't know what to say when they find out you're a massage therapist so they just go with this I think that's exactly like, it Nick Yeah I think that's exactly it is you tell someone I mean this happens all the time when I'm out cruising we you know before all this happened you go to the beach and you have a cruiser happy hour and everybody gets together and people are like oh you guys are young how are you doing this cuz it's usually retired people and and then that I get either Oh, your husband is so lucky. You're a massage therapist, or I might get some kind of off-colored joke. I really think it's because they're not like, so. What do you think of quadratus lumborum? You know, I've like it's really been bugging me lately. Like they they don't really understand the ins and outs of what a massage therapist does, other than what they see on TV or right. You know, or their own experience, which may have may or may not have been an uncomfortable situation. You know, you just don't know. I think it's some sort like that, that sort of like cliche is still sort of like so prevalent in the culture. And it's just a funny, weird thing. It, it honestly it used to bother me more like that, those jokes right. and, and being called a masseuse, like a masseuse. It used to bother me more, but now I'm just like, well, I, I, I choose to, I choose to rather have a sense of humor about it and like, not to like make it okay for them to say that, but just to sort of educate them a little bit and not, and not like make them feel bad for having this reaction. It's like a weird dance I have to play sometimes. And I think a lot of it has to do with how we introduce ourselves. You know, if it's a problem that's happening when someone asks you what you do, I've kind of switched up how I tell people what I do. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm a medical massage therapist. I work mm. out of a chiropractor's office. I, I focus mainly on clients that have been in car accidents and have neck in injuries. So I see a lot of disc herniations or something like that. So oh, it, yeah. it drives the conversation in a very specific direction and mm. you're clear about what you do. I mean, you can even say that if you don't have a specific niche. You know, I, I work in a spa and I my focus is relaxing every single client that comes in and we do facials and we do body wraps and we do Swedish massage and you can jump in the sauna. Like if you just learn to drive the conversation in the direction you want it to be, then I feel like you can get over that awkward hump of, of the jokes and the innuendo. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Well, I hope that that movement's going uh, going well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share that out as well and see where it goes. And I know that you have like stickers and and yeah. different things people can share and yeah. Yeah, it's just um, I I was hoping that the logo and the two words respect massage would really represent something in our industry, so everyone can have that logo in their door. So if a client comes in, they say, "Okay, this place is safe." All right, I'm not going to be, you know, for the client's peace of mind. Okay, I can go to this massage place and I know there's nothing happened behind closed doors. I know that this is a legit place. Right, right, Um, right. So that was a a big part of it too. For solidarity, there's, you know, as, as you're discovering, I'm sure by interviewing massage therapists in different states, we're all in the same country. We're all in the same profession, but there's no solid entity that unifies all of us. And that was also a huge part of Respect Massage is to say, hey, we might not be practicing that same type of massage. We might have totally different views on, you know, any, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But we're all not down with uh, the jokes and being solicited. So right. this, is, this is something we can be unified through. Yeah. Um, before I forget, I meant to circle back on the on New York, what what does it take to maintain a license there? Do you know? Uh, continuing yep. advice. Yep. So um, in New York State, with with the exception of when you're first um, when you're first licensed, you don't have to do any continuing education. But once you hit, I think that three year mark, you start to renew your license in your birth month. Okay. So it's staggered. Some states, everybody renews at the same time. In New York, it's through your birth month. And then every year you have to do 36 continuing education units. Oh, so yeah. They're, so they're even rigorous on that too. Yeah, it's 12 a year. It's 12 a year. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, 36 every three years because we renew every three years. Got it. Okay. But with New York continuing education, you can't just have NCBTMB classes they have to be new york approved education classes for massage so you know for me as a provider of continuing education i am a provider through ncbtmb but i have to have a special provision for new york and all of my classes need to be um approved nationally and through new york state i see but there um you can do all of your continuing ed online in new york and they're not specific about what the classes have to be. Mm. Like in other states, you have to have only, you know, like two ethics every year or right. so many self-care, whatever. In New York, you can take it in whatever you want. And as long as you get a certain number have to be in person. Right. Yeah. Right. In New York, it can all be online. Yeah. But then again, in Oregon, like I could listen to a podcast and sort of like do a little write-up about what I learned. And that can actually count get out. Yeah. you like anything on topic. It doesn't need to be approved by any outside board. It just has to be, um, associated with my field of study appropriate to massage. Wow. Yeah, a lot different. Wow. So could, could you even work with like a business mentor or something and then have those hours be applied to a yeah. class? None of that would apply in as, well, I don't know about the business mentor one. I'm saying like, for some of my continuing ed, I actually just listened to certain episodes of 
of different massage therapy podcasts. And I did a little, you know, write up about what I learned and I submitted that when I renewed and it's fine. Yeah. Which is wow, a nice, that's really nice cool. Option. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or you, you can watch, you know, like videos produced by the different, by whoever, honestly, any educational resource um, online and, and do write-ups on that. And just as long as you're tracking it and saying like what you watched and what you got out of it and all that stuff. Yeah. Neat wow. options. So my last question is coming out of this crisis, yeah. how do you think it's going to change our industry if, if at all, or, or what do you hope for? Wow. Those are two very different questions. Yeah. Because yeah those are big. Yeah. How it's going to change our, I'm sorry, what was that? However you want to take, whatever direction you However, want. Sure, sure. I think our industry will definitely forever be changed. Um, I think the number one thing that's going to change is how our clients look at cleanliness when it comes to our practices. So whatever we choose to do as A, individuals, and B, as an industry on the whole, is going to be practices that need to be maintained and can't fall away. Um, a lot of the practices within our industry haven't been the best. The reuse of blankets, mm -hmm. um, the, the not wiping things down in between clients, not wiping down face cradles, all of that stuff. Even hand washing in some, in some places, hand washing and washing our arms. Um, so there's, there's a lot floating around out there about what people are planning on doing. Um, some people are upset with the added expense and the added time that it's going to, that it's, that's going to be required, but it's going to be necessary. And yeah. if you're going to go back and you're going to start practicing with a bunch of other massage therapists and the business next to you is doing a better job at this, you're going to, you're going to lose people over this. Right. So. I think it's something we all need to look really closely at and unify on. There's, there's so much arguing going on online about this, which is really upsetting to me because mm. we're just trying to look out for the best for our clients and the best for our businesses. And let's, let's all get on the same page. So that's my plea to the massage therapy industry right now. Um, from the respect massage standpoint, I think that, a lot of people are going to be craving touch and there's going to be a lot of people out there that are craving touch in a sexual way and they're going to be soliciting massage therapists. And I think that there's a possibility that there's going to be an uptick in sexual solicitations of massage therapists because people mm -hmm. have been cooped up for a very long time and they may not have the best of intentions when they're reaching out to you. So I ask everyone to visit respectmassage.com, get on board. It's totally free. You don't have to buy the stickers. Stickers just add a bonus. Um, but join the movement, join the conversation. We have a lot of really good conversations going on on Facebook with that. Um, and when we're all back to working again, uh, I think that it's going to be a community that's going to be very much needed just to keep all of us safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think yeah, what you're doing there with respect to massage is awesome. And I really appreciate you being here to talk about New York and tell us about your sailing lifestyle. So I really appreciate it. Thanks <laughs> Thank for you. being on the Massage you, podcast. I'm go we're going to wave goodbye. Oh, to thanks for we, having we, me. we can chat a little bit more uh, after I stop this recording. So thanks again for being here. All right, cool. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.